The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. My fellow Pokemon trainers, ask not what your Pokemon can do for you, but what you can do for your Pokemon. We will tear away the Gen 1 menace. We will fight them in the forest. We will fight them on the beaches. We will fight them in the gym. <coughs> yeah, no, we're, um, we're not doing that whole bit. We're not going to do that the whole episode. That would get really, really annoying. There's a reason we don't do broadcasts like that anymore. So, welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. This is me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a great day. Uh, update from Japan. Currently, my summer vacation has started, so I'm going to be spending going running around the mountaintops. I'm not allowed to leave the prefecture I'm in. So I'm in the Shizuoka prefecture, which is like where Mount Fuji is, where they make a lot of green tea and stuff. So it's not the worst place to be trapped, but I can't go to Osaka and Tokyo and be a nerd for like a day. Like, that's the trick to living in Japan. Never show that you're a nerd unless you're in a nerdy place. Otherwise, people will just not want to be around you. It's the equivalent of going up to someone in America and going, Hi, I'm Lucas. Do you like Thomas the Tank Engine too? Like, to them, it's like a like a, a no thing. On the Pokemon front, you can pre-order Pokemon Snap. I know that's all we talk about every episode now. Now with the Pokemon news, Pokemon Snap is still not here, and we're very upset about it. But if you don't need the money for food and shelter... I would recommend you start pre-ordering Pokemon Snap because that is going to be like the highlight of every millennial. For all the Zoomers listening, you don't have a real idea of how great Pokemon Snap was for us as a kid. Hopefully you will get a small part of it. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about warfare. We are going to be talking about war. Now let's not sugarcoat it. War is not fun. Like, we put it in movies, we put it in games, we put it, we discuss it in everything we can. But the actual act of war, as my brother once taught me, he, he studies international security. He once taught me, I'll never forget this, war is what happens when all diplomatic options have been wasted. It is a last line of like, okay, we can't talk this out, we gotta fight it out. And the last time there was a, a war which had like a clear good guy and bad guy side was World War II. After that, things get real muddled real quick. So the main focus of this episode isn't going to be like the history of warfare. It's going to be about Pokemon and what they would look like on the battlefield. What would happen if Kanto decided to annex Johto? What would happen if you got transported back to Pokemon X and Y and saw the Pokemon Wars? Like this is something I thought would be really fun and Fans have been speculating about this since Generation 1 with our favorite electric gym leader, Lieutenant Surge. Lieutenant Surge is like the chattest of chads, and we'll get to him at the end. But he kind of brought the idea that there, he was in the war. He served in some kind of military. And in X and Y, the whole reason there is a doomsday weapon is to end the Great War. By killing everybody, which I mean it technically ends it. Now for me, Pokemon 
doesn't really like do warfare unless it's in one of the little bits of story or if you go find the movie. So if you've ever watched the Pokemon mo movie Lucario and the Mystery of Mew, uh, the opening scene is like the beginning of this huge battle between a red country and a green country. And you just see these two massive armies of Pokemon charging at them, each other and trying to kill each other in like mid-2000 CGI glory. It was great. Now, I want to take that and I want us to look at the how those kinds of battles would compare with our world. I also want to talk a little bit about the history of animal warfare and let's compare modern military to what a Pokemon would probably be doing. Let's compare the two and see what Pokemon would be doing and let's just go with the army. There's other branches of the military. We'll focus on the army. So in the movie, if you want to watch it, I'll give you like eh, three seconds to go watch that first scene. It's on YouTube. Ready? Go. Okay, so you see hundreds of Pokemon have armor slapped on them, and they're all just charging right for the other line. Uh, they wait in one swarm, and then they get a call, and they just charge at each other, trying to beat the snot out of each other. Funniest part of that whole thing to me was seeing a Steelix with an armor plate on its back. Let that sink in. This Steelix is not armored enough. Put some armor on him. That will protect him from any other damage we can come across. Now, most likely, that was probably used for identification because every Steelix looks like every other Steelix, unless it's a male versus female. And even then, they all look the same to each other. Now, since this was back in Generation 3, you didn't see a lot of the bigger, newer Pokemon. So you saw a lot of the, the Rhydons, your Nidokings, your Steelixes. And they even had things like Houndooms and Skarmories out there doing their own little jobs. So that whole battle scene is fantastic to me even if it's like a few minutes they don't actually get into the fighting because that's not really what pokemon wanted to do but i love that they have individual different units like they have a houndoom unit and a skarmory unit for different reasons and i just had this idea of what if game freak gave pokemon to like respawn who made titanfall 2 or the dice team who made battlefield bad company and just have them make a pokemon warfare game oh my gosh that would be amazing i know we still want an mmo and we're getting a moba where we wanted or not and we've gotten a fighting game the next line pokemon has to cross we need an fps now if you wanted to look at like the greatest animal warfare that ever existed in fiction or in reality honestly opening up a history book is going to have the best results especially if you look up ancient history because ancient history seemed to be a game of can we control it long enough for it to kill the enemy before it kills us because obviously you had your basic animals in combat you had your horses that were going to be used for carrying things including soldiers for fighting you also had dogs that were used to charge at the enemy front and try and break up the lines so you could break right through it. Uh, fun fact, the hunting dogs and other war dogs that they got probably in part came from the British Isle long before Rome got there. People knew the islands existed and that was where they traded dogs to the Greeks. So there were probably some British dogs that were hunting down like the Macedonians. It's pretty cool. Now, you will get your other random uses like horses when they were trained to carry supplies and chariots. Uh, when you get to the medieval era, era, and even before that, the horses were trained to not freak out when things got crazy, and 
they were taught so that way if they got near anybody, they would kick and bite. So it was almost like they were soldiers too. It wasn't until the invention of gunpowder where things had to get changed up a bit because the horses had to be trained to deal with that. Can you imagine listening to gunfire for the first time? It is really unsettling. Now, with the dogs, I love that you could train them to do a lot of that stuff that they will weave in and out and go ahead and try and go for the right target. Again, there's no surprise that dogs would make the both the best Pokemon partners and the best human partners. Um, you also get your random weirdness. Um, you will get your camels. And you will also get my favorite bit of warfare. And again, the closest we have ever gotten to a Pokemon on the battlefield. And that was the use of the war elephants. Now, do me a favor. I want you to describe an elephant. Imagine I have never seen an elephant before. Describe him to me. Tell me what exactly this elephant looks like. This, what is this elephant you speak of? No, no pictures, just words. Sounds like a monster, don't it? Imagine some poor guy in 2050 BCE who's defending his home from a Macedonian invasion. And instead of seeing men riding horses, he's seeing them riding these giant gray monsters with shaggy ears, a rope-like mouth, and literal swords coming out of said mouth. That is a horror you cannot describe. You have to see that and run. We teach children about elephants when they're kids, so they're cool with them. Imagine if we didn't tell people what elephants were until like their 15th birthday. Like it's like a big secret that you can't tell anyone under the age of 15. Then we show them an elephant. Just imagine the fear on their face. That would be amazing. There's a reason Kapraja is found in Sword and Shield, and that's because war elephants were brought to deal with rebellions from the, uh, the Romans brought them to deal with rebellions from the locals. Uh, it's not exactly something you want to do, though. Like, there's a reason we don't have war elephants today, or didn't for a long time ago. It's, it's because they're not great. An elephant takes 22 months just to be born, so it's years of work and training and making sure that these animals don't lose their minds on the battlefield and start killing each other. The slightest thing can uh, set them off, and that introduces my favorite little discovery. It's not pleasant, but it's still really interesting. So, in 266 BCE, the city of Megara introduced... Uh, they were defending against elephants, and they stumbled upon the perfect weapon to deal with them. The war pig. No, not that poor war pig. That's Ozzy. That, that's great, but not that one. So what they did, and this is pretty cruel and horrific, so I'm sorry. What, what they did was they covered pigs in resin lit the resin up, and sent them screaming at the elephants. Pigs screaming is not a pleasant noise, and the elephants had no idea what to do, and so they started freaking out and trampled the army, delaying the siege. Eventually, the siege did take over the city, but it's still one of those stories that had to be confirmed by multiple sources that, yes, pigs scare elephants. And after that day, that same army learn to keep pigs with the elephants so that way they would get used to the screaming so they literally had to change how they raised the animals just to deal with one set of war pigs it's horrific but human history is filled with some weird horrific stuff especially when it comes to animals so ancient history 
has tons of these sort of things. But we also forget that in modern day, we will use animals as well, just not for as obvious reasons. We use horses to pull artillery, like less than a hundred years ago for some countries. Like we use pigeons to carry messages across the battlefield. We've done a lot of cool stuff with animals on the battlefield to try and help save lives. In other times, it's not even as dramatic as like fighting on the battlefield. Sometimes it's just emotional support. Animals have been used as mascots for different platoons and battalions for centuries. Everything from dogs, pigeons, and pigs, to my personal favorite, Warchtech, the soldier bear, who was a pet of the 22nd Transport Artillery Support Company for the Polish Corps in World War II. Basically, he was there. They saved a bear cub and he grew up and he was just super gentle with them. He was just a very tame bear. But not only did he boost morale, but during some of the heavy fighting, he was trained to carry boxes of ammo that would be too heavy for normal people to carry. So in the end, he was a very good bear. May his soul rest in peace with the other bears. But he's again, that's one of my favorite stories. You just have a your what's your mascot? A dog, a pigeon. We found this bear. He brings us bullets. All right, so so what would boots-on-the-ground warfare look like in our world if we had Pokemon? So let's get one thing out of the way. Let's see how it would work. So with dogs in the military, you do have to train them in order to follow commands from trainers to work with them. Uh, with Pokemon, it would probably be the same. So let's say that every trainer gets six Pokemon that they would have to have trained and listened to work in battle. It would take years of training for each Pokemon, and they'd have to be kind of have the remorse taken out of them. You would have to have it so it didn't care about attacking anything so long as it listened to you. And there are definitely some Pokemon that fit that description. Tyranitars, to me especially, stick out as just like, yeah, they don't like things on a normal circumstance. You just aimed all of that. Uh, you would also have to make sure they had removed any fear of loud noises. So you would have to train them to be okay with being around the chaos of the battlefield, because it, training and actual combat is incredibly different. You see that not only in real life, but also in every JRPG you've ever played. You play the characters like, oh, I'm going to go to war and fight. Two minutes later, oh, war is nothing like what I thought. It's not pretty. Now, you'd also have to deal with what kind of thing your Pokemon will be doing on that battlefield. Now, I mentioned the Houndoom and Skarmory in the beginning. Houndoom was used as a scout in the movie. In the movie, it was used like a more like an anti-scout because it would scout ahead and it found the Lucario and it started attacking them with other Houndoom, making it a perfect guy to go out there and take care of them, making it a great Pokemon for just taking out any opposition that tried to get information on you. Information is how a lot of wars are won. Now, the other thing they had were the Skarmories. Also in that movie, uh, Pidgeot, who is a specific character, you find out more about the Pidgeot later, that tried to carry a message to somebody at the castle, and it started getting attacked by Skarmory. So believe it or not, we have this in real life. Drones have become such a problem in some areas of the world that people are literally training raptors. Not the dinosaur kind, the bird kind. They will literally train things like eagles and hawks to lunge and grab at drones. They have special metal for their talons so they don't get cut up by the rotor blades, and they're able to rip them out of the sky because that's what these animals have evolved for millions of years to do. Attack things in midair and rip them apart. And so we have anti-drone eagles 
hunting down anything that tries to snoop. And I think that's another really cool bit of animals being used in real-world conflict. Now, for the actual battlefield, like, it would be messy. But how the lineup would probably work is you have your steel, your ground type, every bulky thing up front just charging ahead. And then you have your, your artillery, your glass cannons, your fairy types, just Alakazam mind-chucking rocks while a Machamp throws actual rocks with his hands. Like, it would be pretty messy. But the one I saw in the movie, they looked like a pretty unorganized mess. If we're talking, like, medieval era, which is kind of what it was framed as with the castle structure, there would have been actual tactics performed. There's this idea that there's it's either there's one of three kinds of warfare. Crazy, angry mob, shoot at each other, then let them shoot at each other like back, like in the Revolutionary War, and then, like, modern warfare Call of Duty. Like, there were tactics that were used in ancient times. Go back and listen to our British episodes, and you'll see that there were even the Roman times. So it, would, it wouldn't have been as unorganized as that movie. But still, a Pokemon war would be just as muddy and messy as a real war. The only difference is there'd be more casualties on the human side. There'd probably be less humans on the battlefield, but they'd all still get crushed by something. All it takes, really, is one very strong earthquake, and everyone just falls down anyway. Now, before we wrap this up, this is getting pretty long, I did want to talk about Lieutenant Surge, because we don't really appreciate what he was. So, he was a lieutenant, that's his name, Lieutenant Surge, and he served during some kind of war. There's tons of fan theories about how that worked, but if we're using, let's say it compared to a first lieutenant in the United States Army. So, he would most likely be leading a platoon of men into battle as their commanding officer. So, he was in charge of a group of men, and this platoon could be up to 200 soldiers or more. And he did all that with a Raichu by his side. Think of the guys who joined up for the military. If you told them to pick a Pokemon, do you think they would pick a Pikachu? No. Lieutenant Surge probably had to deal with tons of bulky dudes just telling him that his Raichu is useless, only to have the Raichu beat the snot out of them. Lieutenant Surge is hardcore, and he probably shouldn't be in as the third gym leader. He should be in the Elite Four, because he is just terrifying if you think about him from like a military standpoint this guy literally served in some sort of conflict walked out of there with his right to attack and all he's doing with his life now is being the third gym in a country where red-headed snots and gr brown-haired mean children who are the son of the professor just beat on you i mean he deserves better on that i think we should wrap it up again war it's not pretty even those who die honorably as heroes they still die it's not something you glorify, but it is something to learn from. Learning from history is the best way to not repeat it. And learning about history can also tell you a lot about how these people fought and why they fought for what they did. So it isn't something to be glorified, but it is something to be learned from. The fact that people have been using animals to fight for millions of years, no, sorry, the fact that we use animals to fight for thousands of years, millennia even, shows the idea of having monsters by your side and having them fight each other isn't exactly too far-fetched. It's something that did happen in our world. We already had Pokemon fighting for us. We just thought it was too cruel and brutal in reality, so we made a nicer version in a video game. Uh, if I had more time, I would try and talk more about the Pokemon equivalent of the Navy or the Air Force. If you want me to do that, let me know, but we'll probably pick another topic next time. I did also want to mention that we have two new patrons to deserve their shout-out. Uh, first up is Dylan. 
Uh, Dylan, actually, me and him go way back from back when I lived in Tampa. He actually used to be in charge of me. So he he helped me get started on a lot of this podcasting stuff. He even gave me my first microphone. So thanks, buddy. You're always here to help. But I got to give a bigger shout out to Ashley because Ashley does not know me or the rest of our team. She just likes our stuff. So sorry, Dylan. Love you to death. But Ashley seems to actually like our stuff, and I don't have to base it off the fact that they just like who I am. So thank you guys so much. We've actually been able to cross another threshold. So, again, we can't do this without you guys showing up. We are not the biggest Pokemon podcast out there. We are a niche. We are a niche, or niche, whatever you want to call it. But we are a fun one, and we're so glad to have you guys on board for this. So, again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for giving us the money we need to keep running, especially in such weird times. Again, thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun to look up the different animals in warfare. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. I'll see you guys in a few weeks. Peace!